This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's good? This is Barry Harrison, a.k.a. The Stars Barber. And uh, I just want to come at you today and tell you how schedulicity has changed my life. Like, number one, it's changed my life because it helped me get more organized. I was able to structure my day, structure my week. Um, I know what type of revenue I have coming this day. If I need to run out, run an errand, uh, if I want to take lunch, I'm able to do all these things, and it just helps to structure uh, a barber or stylist or anyone that's in an appointment-driven industry. You're able to maximize your time, and time is something that you can't get back. So I value my time, and I love the customer service, and I've been with Schedulicity for over almost 10 years. I've been rocking with them for almost a decade, so happy to be part of the family, happy Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my boy, Tony. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Chilling like a villain. How you been? We're pretty good, just sitting here in quarantine. You know, I was around somebody with uh, uh, that was a, that had that tested positive for COVID. So I mean, I wasn't around them for that long, but I got tested and doing the right thing and just kind of like staying put. You know what I mean? And uh, trying to if if a dude got it, not trying to spread it. So but yeah, I'm just chilling. Well, well, thank you for being responsible, and uh, you know, thank you for that. We don't have to sit here with masks on uh, across from each other, but yeah. Uh, you know, I do miss being next to you, though. I miss having you next to me. Trust that. <laughs> hey, so um, so we're kind of doing a revisit. So uh, just a couple months ago, we had uh, uh, Ammon Carver on the podcast, and we just we kind of like left it in the middle of his story because his story is so rich and so uh, so worthy, I guess. You know, so um, so you know, we uh, we did the quick turnaround, and we we we, we got him back on. Yeah, he. Uh, it's funny because uh, you know we only got probably half of his story you know what i mean and we yeah. ran out of time and uh so immediately after that podcast we asked if he would come back on so we could not finish his story and because uh you know he's just a, a super interesting dude and he just does a lot of good for the industry too does a ton of good for the industry and we got such an amazing response from um from from his last podcast uh and if you haven't heard it I don't know what episode it is but you know it was kind of a, it was a it was a couple months ago you'll you'll find it um yeah give a give it a listen and then uh if this is going to be part 2 so if you haven't heard that one give this that one a give that one a listen first and then uh tune back in here um yeah dude should we get in let's do it let's do it so Mr. Amen Carver welcome to your day off 
What's up, guys? I'm ready for the sequel. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, part two, sequel part two. <laughs> We're true friends now because we got your name correct this time. So <laughs> I, I did notice that, and I was waiting until we were recording to call you out on it too. I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna give them love on uh, on the air like I give Buster balls last time. So well done, gentlemen. Well done. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So again, if you haven't heard the first one, uh, Ammon kind of went in on me a little bit when I mispronounced his name a couple of times, but that's okay. We're boys. So it don't matter. It's right. all ball busting. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm going to bust your balls a little bit uh, today, uh, today too, or at least when we, when we open up. So uh, you're with Ulta and you're one of Ulta's artists. And it's an, it's an interesting company and, and I don't know really how they've done it, but when they first, you know, a few, I don't know, it's probably been 10 years or so now, but when they first like came onto the market or into the market space, like hairdressers were really resistant and salon owners were really resistant. And, 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 and now, I mean, they seem like they're a little bit more accepted, but, but, but when you first joined Ulta, did it feel a little bit like you were joining the dark side? I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll tr- totally transparent with you. When I first heard of Ulta, which I think you're right, I think it was probably about 10, 11 years ago, I remember going to, like, Chicago's America's Beauty Show, right? Biggest show, I was there um, working with one of my manufacturer partners, and there were, there were hairdressers at the show wearing T-shirts that had, like, Ulta with, like, a cross through the name. Like, it was, like, the, the anti- professional hairdresser like robbing business from the small you know from those independent like salon owners out there and and kind of portrayed as the big bad wolf and that's when you see that and you don't do the background research you just sort of believe that that's the way that it is um and then you know as years went by i have a you know very close friend who ended up going into like the corporate side of of you know our business where they do have chain salons and, and those things and through uh, my conversations with him and understanding of him, I started to understand that it uh, indeed is like there is definitely a misconception that people have out there. Um, and the first one that I just wanted, because I will tell you straight up, like if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I would ever work for Ulta, I would have been like, hell no. I mean, I've been a booth renter. I've been a salon owner. And I had this idea that, you know, they were, selling the products that I was trying to retail to my guests at a cheaper price and therefore undercutting my business. Uh, The first thing I will say to that that I know for sure is that um, at Ulta Beauty, they have, uh, they get to hand select which, so they they usually don't carry the entire portfolio that you you might have available or accessible to you in your salon is point number one. Number two, they have a we have a contract with Ulta Beauty that they're not legally allowed to sell it for less than what you're able to retail it for in your salon. So they if they if your clients did decide to pick up the product, which is not illegal, they have their hairdressers that are working there, right? It's just the sure. largest waiting room with a ton of different products, but it will, will be a slightly higher price than if you were to go to your like your local salon. Um, so that's the one, the first thing that I was like, oh, it's just the perception of it maybe sometimes being more accessible. And so instead of my client driving maybe all the way to my salon to pick up the product, they could pick it up at Ulta. Um, and at the end of the day, the thing that I think that that made me change my heart and my feeling about it was when I started to think about the amount of 
hairdressers that work. So like right now, in, during the pandemic, like we're about 50% capacity of hairdressers that we had. So when I got hired at Ulta, we had about 10,000 hairdresser, hairdressers. Um, and you guys know me from my last story, like my goal and my mission in my career is to empower and excite hairdressers and have them understand the ability that they have to use their hands and their hearts to, to change the world and make a positive impact. And I was like, if I can be at the helm, so to speak, of an army of hairdressers that live and breathe and stand for those things, and we can have like 10,000 strong, then the actual impact of some of these give back thoughts and the things that they can do with their hands and their hearts, um, they're, they can make a huge, a huge difference. And so it started to like make me look at the opportunity just a little bit differently and dig in a little bit deeper just to see for myself if some of the things that I had heard, you know, or seen with the t-shirts on right. were indeed true. And the more I investigated it and the more that I looked into it, the more that I found a lot of things that a lot of people don't know about, like, you know, I go to trainings with these hairdressers that work for Ulta Beauty. And I promise you, if you guys were to meet one, they talk like a hairdresser, they aspire and dream like a hairdresser, hairdresser. they have the same giving like confidence building blood that runs through our, our veins. Um, they are absolutely in every way, the same breed of people that we are in those small locations. They, uh, they just work in a location that they've been able to, you know, you know, been able to jump in and have um, some, some stable kind of, you know, things that, especially during this pandemic, I'm really proud that they have available to them. Like, you know, benefits that like a big corporation can offer them, you know, like right. a little work, more work stability, some nice benefits, um, you know, healthcare for their, for their family, uh, education that's available to them as they promote that that's paid because it is um, a corporate situation. If we do teach them or give them classes, not only do they not have to invest, but they get like, they get paid an hourly rate to sit there. And, and it's been my job um, essentially when I got approached with Ulta Beauty, it was with the, the with the goal or with the challenge to reinvent or re uh, to, to change the perception the professional hair care industry has for Ulta Beauty. And so, hey, hey, hey Ammon, before yeah. before before were they was Ulta aware of of the negative stereotype that was out there from the industry? Yeah, unfortunately. So here's the here's the the good and the bad, and I'll just be completely transparent with you, okay? Because I don't believe in like mincing words. I think that uh, if we're being 100% honest, I think that the smart businessmen that like created Ulta Beauty all those years ago didn't um, didn't foresee salons that could be potential money makers and career homes for a lot of stylists. They they, in all honesty, I believe they they built them almost like phantom salons so that they could sell those professional hair care products. Even if it is a little cheaper price, it gave them a competitive edge over anybody else where you can literally buy all those products in that place too. Then as they realized that you can't just open a salon without having to go through all the licensing and all that hard work, it's like, well, if we're going to open it and it's fully functional, we might as well hire stylists that can come and work and like build some revenue. And so it was almost like, they built it and realized, well, why is it just sitting here? Let's hire. And so then all of a sudden their shift became like, let's get some people in here who know what they're doing. And 
I'll be honest with you, the good part about it was because of the way that they set it up, the biggest challenge in the beginning was that most consumers and only a few hairdressers actually knew that we provided services at Ulta Beauty. And so it was much easier to introduce and say, oh, by the way, did you know that we have a salon and show up in a way versus, yeah, we have a salon, but our hairdressers are terrible and I'm trying to like change people's perception about it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, I would rather, sometimes it's easier to just start a brand from scratch than to like change people's perception of a brand that has a bad reputation, right? And so in this case, there was a lot of people that just kind of didn't know. They're like, oh, I didn't even know there was a salon there. And I'm like, yeah, there is. And we actually have a really great team. And so over the last three years, it's been our journey. Now, I will say this because, you know, you guys know that my heart and soul hasn't picked up off the last, off the, the last episode. Like, I'm Lonza Healing Hair Care. I'm like a diehard tribe member, right? And so I think for a lot of the people in my Lonza tribe, there was a lot of, of that that they didn't understand. It needed to be explained to them. They just knew that some, not all, but some of the Lanza products were being sold at Ulta Beauty. And so they felt like maybe it was challenging their, their small businesses or their home, you know, their home booth rental businesses. Um, and I had to help them understand just like in the beginning that like it's not actually selling it, it's getting it, it's helping the Ulta, or excuse me, it's helping the Lanza brand you know, become stronger because we're more accessible to people. You know, people are still going to buy when they come in for the services you provide because the retail that you have is cheaper um, mm-hmm. that you provide with Lanza. Um, but it also helps us, like, as a brand, the stronger we can be as a tribe and the more accessible we can be to people, the more stuff that we can do, you know, the more impact that we can make. Um, and overall, I was like, instead of separating and saying, like, Ugh, Ulta, like we are at a time right now where I passionately believe that it's a time for us to all be like, we are united to come together as one big industry. And there are so many hairdressers. I, mean, I think I heard a statistic once, and I don't know if it's true today still, because I heard this probably a, a few years ago, but I know there's over like a million hairdressers in the United States. Um, and right now, even if I were to be able to fill up, and so at Ulta, when before the pandemic, I had about 25% of my chairs that were actually filled with hairdressers. So I had a big opportunity to hire a lot of hairdressers. And even still, if I had them all filled, I could hire probably 25,000 hairdressers out of a million. Wow. So it's not as though there's not room and, and not it's not a home for everybody. I'll be, I'll be transparent. Like, People will either love working at Ulta Beauty or they're going to love working at an independent salon. It just depends on your vibe, your client's vibe. But I think what I wanted to make sure that people did was that they didn't just discount it or they didn't just think, oh, it's not professional. Oh, they're the enemy because there's a home and a right fit for every type of stylist out there. And I'm proud to say that there's a lot of stylists that have chosen Ulta Beauty because we've elevated that perception, showed up and won a few Naha awards, you know, been putting out some really killer like education um, that it's helped change that perception. And, and as a result, we've been able to provide some really good careers for people who that have been stable and been nice and safe as we've weathered a really fucking well, challenging time right now. I'm going to interrupt. Big companies have been doing it all the time, right? So like, you know, like you had Walmart, JCPenney's, you have all these other big corporations have opened up salons inside these stores and you can't, so they, 
and you're right. They're still part of our family. You know what I mean? Whether they're working for a big corporation, whether it's Alta, uh, JC, or any of these big, you know, stores, they're still part of our community. It's still part of our family. And that's how, I mean, I'm like you, man. We need, that's how we need to treat it. You know what I mean? So you don't know, uh, you know, a lot of these, even these big chains like hair cutteries or, you know, uh, uh, super cuts, all the, they're able to offer some part of like, you know, whether it's health insurance or, you know, certain things that uh, a mom and pop shop or, uh, you know, a studio suite cannot afford. You don't know what a, a hairdresser's need is. And so we can't necessarily hate on a company that's providing something that so one of our uh, community members are, are in need of. Right. So I, I love how you are changing the perspective of of the way hairdressers are thinking about maybe Alto or any other big brand that really truly is trying to empower a hairdresser or our community. I, I respect that. I'm kind of blown away. And, and the big surprise to me there, Tony, was that they have 10,000 hairdressers. Like I would have yeah, right. never thought like 10,000. I was like, what? Like I would have I mean, thought it, like. There's 1,300 salons across the country. Yeah. Wow. Like, Prior to, and we're still, even through the pandemic, we're still planning on opening like 50 a year. It was up to like 200 a year that we we're continuing to plan to grow. So I'll be there's honest. No, there's no slowing down. The, the company is doing well. They're very healthy. Like done a great job of being like in, in a very capital, well-capitalized position so that as we weather the storm, there's a lot of people with a lot of uncertainty. But right now, the people that are like strong and that are working at Ulta, even though the hard part is, we're like half capacity just because of like social distancing, but like, you know, the stylists have been able to bring back, like they're, they're in a place where they feel secure. Right. And it's a wonderful feeling to be able to like have that, that to offer that to somebody. So where they, you know, when they're home and they're worrying about what they're going to do in their life and their health insurance and all this stuff that they have a nice, deep comforting breath where they're like, this is good. This, I feel like safe. They offer me a really great career. I can go on their design team. I can be a stage artist. You know, I can win a Naha award, you know, two years ago, our design team who we mentored beat our like pro team because they're like our little aspiring rock stars. And, and there's, they're just showing up in ways that help people understand that it's more than, I think that if the quality was lacking and I, and I can't speak for any of the other like chains, but that's been my main priority is like, let's show up and let's show up in a way that's respectable and helps elevate the industry, right? Let's, mm -hmm. let's always continually push, elevate the industry. Even if we are a chain type of salon, like I'm associated with Lanza healing hair care and we have standards. We, we are an elite level of like, you know, I, I pass those expectations down through my team with Ulta, I'm like, we just, be, you know, we're not going to throw out like the basic stuff because we're a basic place. And it's like, a, you know, kind of like one, two, three, ABC haircuts. Like that's not the way that it works. We've been elevating and making sure that people know that we're serious about the services that we offer. Well, the you guys are doing a great them. job because up until a couple of years ago, I, I thought it was just uh, a department store with uh, a right. ghost salon. You know what I mean? They're just using that, like we talked about a little bit earlier in this episode, uh, to sell professional products. But uh, they've done a really good job the last couple of years to, uh, you guys have to uh, change that image because that uh, that was my perspective up until a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, a lot know, of people. You're, you're not alone. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people. And I'm, was, I'm glad that it's changing because it makes when people now say it, 
I'm like, it's great. You know, we do a number of different like surveys that are out there that people don't know where they come from. They're just, they're unaided, like unguided surveys about people's perceptions um, about different salons and opportunities to work in. To see the metrics and people's random, you know, mentions of all the change from when I first started to where we're at now is just like, it's, it's proof that what we're doing is working. And I'm just, I'm proud to be able to be on that, on that long, with that long, the tribe, and also be a part of this big scale, like, you know, corporation, because as you guys can imagine, they are, they're so different operationally, incredibly different, you know, like me, Matt and Leah come together and we're like, Ooh, that's a cool idea. Let's do that. And that's how the company starts to move forward. (laughs) Like when it comes to Ulta, it's like trying to turn the Titanic, right? You're like, I have an idea. Let's run it through HR and then communications and then legal. So it's been a cool eye-opening experience for me to be able to compare the two, but also bring like, you know, those grassroots kind of like from salon, from old, from Lanza, like, Hey, we need to remember the like connection and, and the feeling that you have and the ability to change people's lives, which is the culture of Lanza is always more like, I think I talked about this last time. I remember like purpose is always more important than like some kind of a promotion. Like we can offer to pay them more money, but if they feel connected to doing something that makes them feel like they're changing the world, then we can build, we'll build an army of people that are just like, you know, these hard soldiers running out there, making the world a more confident, beautiful place. Amy, do you have the same relationship? And I don't mean the same, but, you know, do you have a similar relationship with your, with your Ulta team that you do with Lanza? Like, like, do you and Sonia Dove get together and like, do, do you kind of like bounce ideas off each other or, or with other For people? Sure. And, yeah, and yeah. also who, who on the professional team or, 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 you know, the leaders of the professional team, who is it? it it's you, it's Sonia. Yeah. So Nick Stenton started it. So Nick Stenton was originally the chief artistic director and he created the protein, which was me, Sonia Dove, Sean Goddard, um, Danielle Keesling, uh, and then um, I'm now the, ch- the chief artistic director, so I want a full-time. Nick got promoted this SVP, and we added Pekila Riley and David Lopez. That's all. What a team, man. You have no idea how big of fans we are of Danielle Keesling. Like, oh, every yeah, time she yeah. posts something, you're like, holy cow. And she's so, like, she's so, like laid back in a southern kind of way you know like you don't even understand that there's all that behind there's all that stuff in her do you get what i'm saying oh totally yeah whenever i talk to just talk to daniel about last night she's incredible i love it because she's very intelligent but she's very sort of like chill about the way she talks and stuff sometimes i feel like she sounds like i tease her all the time i'm like you sound like you're from LA because she's like you know at the end of the day and she like talks really kind of like this (laughs) yeah and she's not even from, uh, you know, North Carolina or the Carolinas where she lives. She's from like Minneapolis. And so I'm like, where did this come from? This like laid back like persona that you have. It's like, I don't know. She's like you live somewhere long enough. But yeah, I adore her. Such an amazing hairdresser. And so like really, really great with ideas about like how to help hairdressers understand. Because I mean, like that girl knows how to uh, get connections with brands and maximize what she knows and influence i mean she has more contracts than anybody that i know you know with brands to be able to leverage her knowledge and give creative direction and be part of this protein and so um i'm i'm just a big fan of her as you guys are 
That's exciting. I mean, it's exciting that that it's kind of like Nick's created like a dream team of, of hairstylists. Yeah. But so you guys do get together and you kind of bounce ideas off and go, oh, and then how do you how do you how do you parse your ideas right like if you have this great idea how do you go okay i'm going to use this for ammon i'm going to use this for lons or or am i going to use this for ulta and is that a fair question no it's a, it is a, and it, that's probably the number one i wouldn't say it's it's a welcome challenge right but that is the number one challenge because when you put together like a powerhouse team of people that are used to being leaders and they're used to being the ones who are kind of like the creative um engines and drivers i mean these guys go to all the shows and they're the ones running the back room or they're the ones at the photo shoot that are like coming up with creative concept. And now I lead this team. And so I, I welcome everybody's opinion, but at some point you have to say like, guys, we got to funnel all these great ideas into like one team idea. And so the, the thing that I think has been the success um, that's been set up from the beginning with this is there will never be, there isn't, and there will never be anybody on that team that has an ego that's too big that can that they can't just say, I can learn just as much from you because you're kick-ass as I can bring to the table. And so everybody comes with these ideas, but we all have the same objective of like pushing each other to make it a little bit better. So even like the legend, Sonia Dove, she comes with an idea, but of course, if you guys know, like, you know, Sonia, like she's also like, but what do you guys think? And that's, we all kind of come with that. Like, here's what I think we should do that would be powerful. Do you guys agree? Because I respect your opinion completely. I know together we'll do something that's even more powerful. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's the same. Like when it comes to like the way that I banter with Matt and Leah, right? We poke holes at the weak parts of it, but in a way that's done with love and, and safety where it's like, I'm not challenging you to, make you feel like I don't think your idea is good. I'm challenging you to see if it's the best idea, like what I can find that we can make it better. Um, and so that team has that same dynamic. But as a leader, I think that's the hardest part is when you have strong personalities and oftentimes with artists, you know, the more they're, the, the more known they are, sometimes the ego can kind of come along with it. And you're sure. trying to corral, corral them and make sure that they're all sort of like egos in check. But um, gratefully, like, I don't, I don't really have to do that. I don't associate with people. I believe you, like you are who you hang out with. And so, um, you know, if there's somebody that even though I would want them on the team just for the sheer talent or maybe like the draw that they would have, but they have that chip on their, their shoulder or their ego, I'd be like, it's not happening. Like, we're not, we're not going to gel. Like you do your own thing and you'd be the rock star on your own, but like, we need like a team player mentality to, for it to work. So. I think that's the secret. Takes that one one person with that type of attitude to ruin the whole, sure. you know, the whole sure. team. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. That's so cool. I would love to. I would love to kind of be on a fly and on that on that uh, you know the uh, wall while you guys are like kind of chatting and stuff. I would love to. I would actually. You know what? That would be a very, uh, that'd be a pretty cool like. Like like even if Alter did it through their social media things, like as you guys are getting together, it's just kind of. I love process. You know, I, I think the whole reason that we even started this podcast was just my love for process, you know, and how these things happen, you know, whether, whether it's the process of your life or whether, you know, the, your, your, your story or whether it's the process of what happens in one of these back rooms that, that we don't get to see. I would love to see that, you know, that, that would be really, really mega cool. You know what it's funny? It's fun to try to explain to people like, cause the creative process every time it, it's, 
like uh, I, I jokingly say this is probably off color, but I think here this shows the place where I get to say whatever I want to. So it's like I am like I'm like sometimes coming up with a creative idea and a creative concept, it's just like, oh boom, that's a cool idea. Let's run with it. It was like, wow, that was easy. And sometimes it's like it's like labor, it's like giving birth. You're like, I don't know, it's not fitting, this isn't clicking, you know, and and people have all great opinions, but um it, it is really cool. I know it's cool to be part of it, but it's I, it must be, I, I can just imagine to have somebody watch all of our brains try to fit, like, we have all these ideas and we know there's some way of making them into a puzzle piece that goes like this. And when it does, it's so cool to feel the energy go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden, everybody, everybody, everybody starts getting, like, excited and it, like, starts it starts snowballing. Like, once one piece, like, connects, it's like, you know when you're putting a puzzle together and you're like on a roll and you're at those last and you're starting to see the picture and it's like, now you're not going to stop. But at first it's like, God, this is kind of hard and let's get I need to take a step away. But once the, once the puzzle starting to take shape, everybody's like grabbing pieces and like that, 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 and it's just, it all starts to come together. And then the puzzle is complete. The picture's complete and everybody had a part in like finding their, their way to put that in there. That was a really crazy metaphor that I just gave. Right. No, no, no. But, I actually think yeah, it's a great <laughs> metaphor. We, we, actually, we did I a kind of see like this thing, the game Survivor, you know, when they had those pieces that you got to flip and turn around and, and fit, and you have the whole team trying to do it. And, you know, sometimes you get frustrated, but, you know, you got to can't quit. And then eventually you get it and, you know, and you win. But that's that's how I see the whole, the whole tribe doing is trying to spin yeah. puzzle pieces to make it fit perfectly. Yeah, we, we actually did a post about uh, process, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, right before our video release, we did one about process um, and just how sometimes, sometimes, like you said, it's labor and then other times the universe gives it to you, right? It feels like it's an out-of-body experience and then it's just there, you know? That's uh, I'll tell you, like one time, and I don't, I don't want to interrupt, but there, like, so there was, I mean, we just, we just recently got together and this, it's been a year, right? There's been a year, there's a lot to say. And I, I think that this group in particular, what I love about them is, um like we're all we're all very emotionally connected to what's happening in the world around us and like in the reality of what we're doing like is you know we don't want to just be out there doing um pointless education or just education that like is like pretending like there's nothing else going on in the world that's really consuming people's brains right and the same thing when it came to you know crafting and coming up with some kind of a photo shoot we were like getting together we're like what do we want to say like what what's what's this what's the message there's so much going on right now and what do you want to say and and i'm not going to give you any spoilers but this last shoot that we did together came together so fast and so unanimously and so passionately that like we were in tears in the creative process before the actual shoot execution that kind of like went into place and it's my favorite shoot that I've ever done in my career. I cannot wait to like to, to get it out there for you guys to see because it's it, this, this it, was with the Alta team. This was with the Alta yeah. team. No, yeah, that's. A, let me ask you this though. Uh, sorry, Tone. Uh, like, so for the last year, we've all kind of been on pause. Like, mm-hmm. what happens in the creative process? Like, like, like. Did, do you shut it down or or at the end of this year, or like when you got together with Ulta, were there just so many ideas that you've had over the last 12 months that you need to get out? Because you haven't really had a place to express it or the industry hasn't had a place to express the uh, that, you know, those those creative ideas. I mean, I will be honest, like I I found I found a place to express those creative ideas. So around when your biceps don't count. <laughs> 
No, so I, um, you know, I I created a, a show. I don't know if you guys saw like that uh, that series that I do like every week. That's called Unveiling Beauty, um, where we bring guests on from all all different parts of the industry to talk about all different subjects. Sometimes it's about hair. Sometimes it's about like you know the 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 tough conversations that we need to have in the industry about like where are you going to work or like you know. Um, how are we talking to, you know, what kind of language are we using with our textured guests so we can be more inclusive, like a wide range of actual topics that happens every week. And for, at first, before I realized how long COVID was going to go, I had, I had this whole team that I knew would be sitting home going stir crazy with no creative outlet. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do something so we can be visible and have a voice and just be the, like, a touch point for those people that are sitting home that are, like, aren't working and they're like, I need my people because we're people, people, you know, like I, they, I, I worry about hairdressers or, or beauty professionals that get taken out of their like social environment and taken away like the creative outlet that helps them feel like themselves and what that does to their mental health. And so we reacted in this way, like three days a week, we were, we were shooting these episodes and streaming them live just on my Facebook page. And it grew traction and people got excited about it. And now we're season two. I think we've done, I've done like 72 episodes um, of this actual, like of this series. And that's kept me busy, but it's also, um, it's also challenged me to make sure that, like the show stays reinvented. And then it's also helped me to sit with my team. So I have every two weeks um, with Lonza on the other opposing week, but then also with Ulta on the other week. So about every week, I just, I, we have like these bi-weekly calls where we just connect and talk about what's up. Um, there's no necessary, necessarily any topic, but it's just like, what's on your mind? What are you dealing with? What can we be doing right now within the confines that we've got? Like we've, we're all wearing shackles, but what can we do, you know? And so I think that's sort of the trick, right? Is everybody's like, you can either resign yourself to the fact that like, oh, we don't really have the ability to do anything. Or you can say, I'm going to be like, you know, water running down the mountain. I'm going to, I'll find a path. I'll find a path to kind of move this forward. And it's forced all of us to learn. I know myself, like I wasn't a tech guy. I, I knew uh, jack shit about like connecting to the internet and like, you know, doing lives. And it's taught me a lot, like, you know, like I, editing my sure. own videos, doing stuff that, that's kind of like challenged and pushed me from a creative process um, that I never really had time before. Or I just relied on a production team to do so. Um, I believe it's been a, you know, you can look at it in any way you want to. I, I think, you know, the way you feel about things is all you choose. I believe like happiness is a choice. It's not something that happens to you. Satisfaction in what in your life is not something that just happens because, you know, you're lucky enough to have a satisfying life. I think it's about the way that you perceive what happens to you and the way you decide to look at it. You know, we've all been dealt shit mm -hmm. somewhere or another, and we either like use it as an opportunity to better ourselves. And this year has been a lot of shit for a lot of people. Um, and I think it, it just depends on how you decide to like spin it. Are you going to grow from it? Or are you going to like be feeling down from it? How do you, how do you, um, you know, f find that. So like, you know, listen, I mean, if we're being honest or being transparent, even Ammon has moments where like, you know, he's not being his best, best, like, like, do you have techniques where like you go, you know what, I'm not being my best, like, or, or how do you find it? Cause I, I find that I find that I can go like, I can go like 
two days or I can go a week of, of, of just being in a really bad space in my head. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it, not even being able to identify it. Like, do you have techniques yeah. or something when you're like, oh, I'm not being my best self? Or and oh, do you oh do you have, do you have two days weeks where you're like oh I haven't been really great for the last week or I've been in a bad space for the last week or so? Yeah, I mean seriously, be careful because you might have just opened a crack like cracked open a can of worms that you don't know. But so like I challenge I'm I'm challenged a lot with with um, uh, mental health insecurity and I I've chosen to be um, vulnerable and open about it and I think that's the first thing is to make sure that like I used to hide it and I used to be embarrassed by it. Like if I had doubt in myself or I had doubt in what I was doing, I would suppress it and try to like power through it so that people I'm like, Oh, I need to be inspiring to be motivating. I don't have room to be feeling down or to be off. And what I found was first, first tool. Number one is if you're authentic and open about the fact that it's something that you struggle with, that people automatically are like, I can relate. And um in a way like give give them permission to say it's okay to be like off it's okay to have like those moments and to to be able to talk about it like it's a real thing because it's you know having uh mental health or having depression it's not like some made-up thing just because you're like you know having a bad time it's a very real thing and talking about it out loud i have found is tool number one that like takes the power away from it like if i have somebody in my team is aware, and it's not something that I bring up all the time, but they know that it's something that, you know, that, that can be a challenge for me. And so if they're aware of it, then suddenly I can talk about it in a way that where I'm not trying to hide it. And all of a sudden it's ability to like control me because I'm trying to keep it locked inside. I can let it out and it might not solve it right away. So that's tip number one. I get really geeky when it comes to actual tangible tools. Now I'm going to hope, I hope the listeners will, like these but some people might roll their eyes because they're just very like uh they're very tactile and they're very like uh you know so i get up in the morning i'm uh you guys are gonna think i'm insane and i don't know if you guys follow me enough to watch my posts in the morning but i get up in the morning at around 4 30 in the morning and i literally just get up to go for about a walk i go for a walk it's like a meditative walk where the objective of the walk is to set my mind in like a positive mindset um, and to make sure that I'm thinking about what's coming up for my day and remembering the positive things that are going on so that I'm not waking up and reacting to life. I'm setting myself up to direct the day that I, way that I want to. And the tool that I unexpectedly stumbled upon upon this was in this these walks, I started to, at the end of the walk, I would like go on this walk and I would pick up Starbucks for Jeff and I, and then really quickly... Uh, I, every morning I do a quick little story and I say, Hey, like, here's what I thought about this morning. You know, what I thought about it this morning was like, just take it one day at a time. Like life can throw stuff your way. And if you look at it all in at once, it can be overwhelming, but like, just be your best self today. Worry about today. You know, you got to strategize and think about this, but like one day at a time, you got this, let's have a great Monday. And I would post these stories and they were like kind of therapy for me because they helped me organize my thoughts. But what I found, which was awesome, like I was like, even if one person, like if people get nauseated by my like my coaching sessions with myself, they can always swipe right. I don't care. But so many people were relating to them. So many people were thanking me for those like words. And what I found, which is so awesome because it changed what social media means to me, 
now during the day, if I jump on Instagram and I would normally like jump on to see if I have likes or see what's on there, or check my DM. Now my DMs are filled with people appreciating and saying thank you for that morning message. And it instantly takes me back to my positive mental mindset throughout the entire day. So now anytime I go back onto Instagram, it's like a reset to that positive mindset that I started my day off with rather than, oh shit, I didn't post. Oh, my picture doesn't look as good as that person's picture. It's now a tool for me to stay in a good mental mental health place. Um, it's a little bit like the same, and I'm just on a roll, I'll just keep telling you, because like, I, I used to wake up, I do this now with Instagram more, but like, I used to wake up and do that gratitude list. I would write what I'm grateful for on a piece of paper, and then I would actually take the paper. It had to be a paper. It can't be an iPad. It can't be like on your phone. You write, a phys- write on a physical piece of paper, fold it up, and then put it in your pocket for what you're going to wear for the day. And then throughout the day, while you're doing stuff, you forget it's there, but you're like, oh, what's in my pocket? And just by touching it, you remember your gratitude list and you're brought right back to that positive frame of mind. So go ahead. I know I'm going to talk. These are lots of tools. I love that. I <laughs> That's actually one tone. I think I'm going to steal, man. I like that idea. Yeah. It helps. But like in the beginning of all this, you were saying how, uh, you know, like if your team knows, instead of just trying to bottle it inside and hold it all inside, if one or two or even your team knows, they'll be able to pick up, you know what, Ammon's uh, maybe not his his true self today. You know, they can come up and, hey, hey, brother, you know, are you okay? Or is there, you know what I mean? you need to talk or, you know what I mean? And it allows you to, to, to be open or, you know what I mean? Somebody else can uh, maybe kind of give you a shoulder to lean on when you're struggling. I, you know, I'm all about being transparent and we, Corey and I, we, you know, uh, we just ended a four week, like kind of a men's group. There's like five or six of us. And just, you know, just kind of like just talking about life and leaning on each other. And you just don't know uh, maybe what somebody's going through. So being able to just to be open and, and you know, be a pillar or, 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 or a shoulder for somebody to just, cause you, you never know. You just need to lean sometimes in order to get yourself back to where you, you know, you're normally up. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have to say like, I think what I found is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to obviously disclose any, anybody's information, but like, I think me being vulnerable enough to tell them, it's not like I all have a team meeting and say, Hey, everyone, this is what like, but I'll, right. like, when I'm having one-on-ones with them, I'll let them know, like, this is a very real thing. And, and so, you know, there may be days where you can read between the lines and say, if I say something like, I'm like a little overwhelmed today. Do you think you could run with this? Nothing else needs to be said. And if they have any kind of like experience, then they're motivated to like help me because they know what that feels like. Right. And so it's not done out of a place where like, I got you, but they're like, no explanation necessary. I know you would do the same for me. I got you right now. Take care of yourself is the, is the kind of team community. Like that's the vibe that we have with each other. And, and there's been a few members of my team that like, because I said it out loud, they say to me, they're like, I didn't, I thought that maybe if I told you that you would think that I wasn't as capable at my job or that, you know, if I had a bad day that you would think like, why are they slacking today? And and now you've given me permission to authentically just communicate that not every day I'm awesome. Like I'm my, my best. I'm awesome every day, but you know, some days are harder than others. And now I have the freedom and a boss that can like, you know, understand that. And they don't have to say, 
I'm having a depression day today, but like, right, that day they can be very, they can say like, hey, this is hard. Do you mind if I lean on this? Or do you, is there something? And they, if there's an understanding that I like, I got your back. You know what I mean? And, and that's a great feeling. It's incredible that, that, that you as a leader in the position where you are, like in the hierarchy of, of leadership, where you're able to be that open, because what it does do is that is that it does create this ripple effect, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, well, our leader, you know, our quote unquote leader um, has these, and I'll say vulnerabilities just for a lack of a better word, but has these vulnerabilities and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. It's so neat because I know like, it seems like a generational thing. Like if I think about, if I think about my dad and the way he would have yeah. never responded that way. Right. He, 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 he's rough and tough and like, don't, don't show anything. And it's just really neat. Yeah. And Tony, uh, Tony mentioned earlier that we just, we just, we just went through like a, a men's group, you know? So it was, it, and it was neat that we were able to kind of break past that. We we're kind of yeah. breaking. It's not, you don't have to be tough. You don't have to be quote unquote strong all the time or, what we've kind of realized is that actually strength is within that vulnerability. It's not within standing in the corner and, and looking tough. That's absolutely true. And I think that um, men, unfortunately, in particular, they have this like, you know, there's, there's kind of a macho expectation that I, I'm, I'm grateful that it's changing. You know, people are, are realizing that that doesn't take away from your manliness or your masculinity to be able to talk about that, you know, the fact that there are struggles and stuff. And so, you know, I, and I didn't do it alone. It's sort of as though I, I honestly have to say, like, I wish that I could say that I'm some incredibly brave trailblazer, but I've had people and examples in my life that have shown up and given, essentially given me permission to be myself. And that's my biggest message when I'm trying to talk to anybody that um, sees me as a leader is just encourage them. I'm like, give yourself, give yourself permission to be you. Like, you don't, I'm not what you would consider like a, a fit into like a corporate box type of guy, but that's perfect. That's perfect the way that I am. And I need to celebrate that, that about myself instead, instead of trying to necessarily mold myself into what I think people expect of me and acknowledging that, you know, those things about me that are different are strengths and, and, and being able to talk about the areas that I'm working on. I'll, I'll take this right back to like the hair vulnerability, like an actual skill set. Like I've been doing hair for a long time and I've been doing hair with, you know, with all different hair types for a very long time. Um, and about three years ago, you know, when I, I, you know, spoke to Pekila Riley and I realized that this protein, we really had an opportunity to like really bring diversity. I mean, we have 1300 salons across the country and 10,000 stylists. And I'm like, we really should be the leaders in like, you know, saying like, come and we have education for all hair types. Like it's not about white salons, black salons or textured hair salons. I'm like, we should be the place where like, regardless of the guest that comes in, we can say like, we have somebody that can service your hair type. And in that motivation, I had to reflect and look at myself and said, yeah, I've been working with textured or curly hair for a long time but it's been from my limited exposure and visibility with other artists. I had never had like, I had to learn a whole new approach. I had to be the learner. I had to be vulnerable and say, I don't, I, I've won awards. I've been on magazines. I'm like supposed to be the leader of this team, but like, I need you to teach me. I need you to teach me like that. There's a different way to do this. And I am so happy that I've been expressing that vulnerable, like, I get out there and I say, I'm on a journey to become a texture expert. I'm not there yet, 
But today I'm going to teach you what I know. And if it inspires you to start that journey, even better, because you don't have to be the best right now, as long as you're pushing yourself to continually get better. And that's one area where I'm like, I'm not the best, but I, I'm determined to get as close to, to being the best as I can. And I want to keep honing that skill. So it's been fun. It's been really fun. I love that. And, and it goes back to what you said earlier, like about the puzzle, right? Be, be you because you're just a piece of this puzzle of life, right? And we all fit perfectly somehow together in this thing called life. And we're all different, a different piece. And so just, I love that. Be you, be who you are and, and, and accept that. And, you know, don't try to be something you're not. You're only going to win if you're yourself. <laughs> That's it. That. So what are, what are you doing outside of, because uh, I, I know that your heart uh, is huge and, you know, you're, you're always doing uh, an uplifting, elevating, whether it's the industry or even outside of the industry. What are you, work, what are you doing now currently that, that, is there anything in particular you're working on? Yes. And I am not stopping, but this year has really thrown a wrench in my like big plans. Um, but I'm maintaining this relationship. So I don't know how much I got to talk to you guys. I know we talked a little bit about some of like, you know, the, the give back, the nonprofit that I started and, and us going to do on these big, some of these big missions to really get together with hairdressers and, and make an impact in Mumbai and in Africa um, and, and in, in New York where we were like working at that homeless youth shelter. Well, this organization uh, one of my dreams, and, and I, again, one of my main motivations for taking the role with Ulta was thinking like, if I can make the impact that I had with us as a salon owner with like 10 employees, and now I can be the one who's helping to make this kind of decision with a, with an army of 10,000 hairdressers, imagine the impact that we can make on communities. Like, And so, you know, our nonprofit is called um, Humane Beauty for Change, and it's about understanding the power of beauty to be able to transform communities. And so with an organization like Ulta, um, you know, there's, there's stuff that I didn't experience before. Like we had, I had to make sure I was like, Oh, there's this really great organization in New York city that I know of called the covenant house. And after researching further, I found out that they have um, just about 50, what they call chapters or locations across the country um, where they, provide homes for uh, youth of all kinds of background, all kinds of trauma, all kinds of reasons that they're there, you know, whether it be like sex trafficking or whether it be, you know, a family that doesn't accept them for their sexual identity or whatever it is. Um, and they work with them through different therapy programs. And um, we would go into New York with my small team every eight weeks and just have a fun day with music and do hair and just like, make them, you know, have a confidence moment. It really wasn't about like making them choose a career in beauty. It was more just about like saying, sometimes the first step in believing in yourself is looking in the mirror and thinking, I look good. You know, like I feel confident today. And my dream has been like, I'm going to bring that to Ulta and go boom with it, like across the country. So that is what I'm working on. Um, and we were wheels up to like have that rolling this summer, but everything came to like a screeching <laughs> um, So, but in the meantime, we've stayed very close touch with that organization because they obviously still have uh, youth that are living there. Um, and so we've been able to do like some fundraisers and some visits to really, um, 
you know, provide them some support right now. But also it's been, uh, like I said, the, it, it's all in your perception. So right now I've taken this opportunity to really immerse my corporate team at Ulta Beauty about what that, what that Covenant House brand stands for, like what their impact is, what we would want to do. And then I only know what I could, like I want my hair, my, I want our hairdressers to go out into the world, not, not drive people into the Ulta Beauty stores, but go out into communities and give of themselves with their hands and their hearts to make the world a better place. And luckily like our CEO and, and everybody in like that HR department, they're like, and that is a great idea. Let's do it. So now it's just operationalizing it. Now it's just making sure that we can really provide, you know, like, do we have hairdressers in that area that do the type of hair for the youth that are in those places? Right. So that's always a challenge. It's embarrassing to go into some place and say like, Hey, what's up? Oh, I don't do textured hair. And like 60% of the people that are in here waiting to get a haircut have textured hair. So we're doing the, the well, our due diligence to put in a process to make sure that the people that we send to volunteer are able to give the types of services for the for the kids and the youth that are that are living in those places. So it gives us time to get our ducks in a row and do it uh, the right way. But you guys will see. I'll be on the Today Show talking about some small little thing where we're taking over the country and changing changing the way things are with beauty. Well, that's incredible, dude. That's so cool. And I, I also like to backtrack a little bit. Um, I mean, not to make this entire hour about Ulta, but we seem to have done that. <laughs> but like, I know that I know, um, I know Kia would be really excited that that an actual big corporation with 10,000 hairdressers are actually taking being responsible in teaching textured hair. You know, I mean, she she claims from you know Kia Neal claims you know it's just hair, you know, but there but there there's nuance to it, you know. So so it, it's really great. It's really great that a big corporation and now you know it's not just ten thousand hairdressers, but it's ten thousand hairdressers uh, with compounded interest, right? Because whenever yeah. you leave and a, and a new hairdresser comes in, now they're going through that process again. So it's really it's it's really really cool to see that a big corporation is 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 truly um, committed committed to that. And I think that that, I think that that makes our industry better. I think that it enriches our industry altogether. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of bummed out that like, you know, I'm at the end of my career, not the beginning of my career to kind of learn that. Cause it is, it is, it is stuff that, that, you know, frankly, you know, when we talk about, I, I just, I just started relearning it three years. It's not too late, man. And honestly, like what I'm, what I'm le- learning right now is, uh, and I, I feel like I have so much to say sometimes. I'm sorry. I talk a lot, but this is oh, no, this topic specifically, man, it makes me really like, I, you know, what I've learned about, you know, textured hair right now is it's, first of all, it's, it's very much a cultural thing. So it's not just about learning how, right. It's not just about learning how to do the hair, but it's earning, earning your right into, into uh, that, that space, earning your right into a community where hair has been very much a part of their culture, where they're growing up and their relationship with their families and what they've been doing that has been, segregated and kept and the and to come in especially like a big name like Ulta where it does kind of it can feel like that big bad wolf like coming in and saying like we're going to be the authority Boof! like I'm hypersensitive about our approach and the way that we talk about it and about it being a journey of us I'm very very grateful that I championed this and introduced this idea 
three years ago rather than this year when it became like a topic because it feels authentic and not reactive to mm -hmm. to what's happening in the world um but i will say this to your comment like it, you know the biggest mix, misconception about textured hair is that it's it's hard it's there's no so far other than maybe some of those like intricate grades that you really just have to like you know practice what your fingers can do the techniques that i'm learning it's just it's thinking about the approach a little different way but the actual actions aren't techniques that are challenging to teach people. It's just having them think about it a little bit differently. You know, when I blow dry hair normally, I blow dry A, B, C, roots, mid-lengths, ends to preserve the ends. Well, you can't do that with highly textured hair because if you dry the roots and then move down, the ends are going to be tangled, then you're breaking them. So we switch it. We switch it. And our education says CBA for somebody who has texture types three and four. So examples like that. Wow. It's reasonable. Yeah. Mind blowing for me. Yeah. Hats off to you and your whole team. I just, you know, just giving back like that. That's and, and, and being able and open to learn something that's going to make you uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's stepping outside of yourself to to learn something new. And that's, you know, I think that's been a lot of people's struggle in the sense of you're, you know, you might be afraid. So you, you might not necessarily do it because you know you're going to allow that fear or you know that uncomfortableness to, to make you grow you know, I, I respect that you said you only been doing it for three years and uh, i truly respect it bro i'm loving it that's awesome that's so cool Emmett. how um can we talk about i think his name is david we met him at btc last year the uh, the owner of lonza oh yeah what a cool dude, man! Oh my gosh. Well, well, I think I, I think we spoke in the last interview. Like David is, you know, it was a chance meeting. I sat ne down next to this guy, no idea who he was, no idea that he owned the Lanza brand, and he was extremely friendly with me and started to talk about, you know, he didn't tell me the name of his brand, but he told me he was the own, owner of a hair care company and, and started to kind of elaborate on on what it stood for and instead of talking from a businessman's perspective about like you know the ingredients of the products the world and da, 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 he spoke immediately about the culture and immediately about the empowerment of hairdressers and the, their ability like giving them the tools that they need to really like affect the lives of people and i remember like he ordered some ridiculously expensive bottle of wine and we ended up like ordering a couple more because we were just like having fun that conversation that you just don't want to end and yeah. i just remember walking away from the conversation with david Bergglass, like it this isn't like something that i'm like trying to decide do i want to i was like that the universe just showed me where i need to go and it was all just in that conversation and i was like i i need to be part of what that man just discussed and so that was like pivotal for me just a chance meeting that i was like met the guy had a conversation that made me go that what you just said speaks right here to me and i'm going to be part of it and i'm going to figure out how and we'll worry about the details and all the disruption that's going to cause but right now there's nothing in me that's saying that i can go anywhere else other than to be a part of what what you just said so he's an incredibly inspiring man i i, I consider him family at this point he's opened his you know home up to me and um we have really transparent open conversations where we can talk about the reality of the world and the way things are he's a great leader when it comes to that he wants our open dialogue he's not a business leader that says this is what we're doing soldiers he says 
guys, what should we do? You know, it's, it's amazing. That's really, really awesome. Ammon, I, I, I swear we could do another hour. Um, and <laughs> and uh, right now, Tony's chair is open, you know, but feel free to sit, <laughs> sit, sit in the chair at our table at any point. Um, we would love to know how, if we can, if we can help um, when you guys start launching, when Ulta starts launching, um, you know, the Coveted House stuff and that kind of things, and whether it's in promotion or, or whatever, just, just l- let's keep up conversation about that or just anything that you're up to or anything that, that you want to talk about or, or any way that we can be involved, even if it's not on air, you know, uh, let, let us know. Cause you know, we, we love this industry. Um, you know, I don't know about yeah. as much as you, cause your heart seems to be a lot bigger than ours, but, but, you know, we, we really appreciate, uh, we appreciate you and appreciate what, what you're doing um, within the industry. Well, I appreciate that. I don't know about my heart being bigger, but my mouth is definitely bigger. So I <laughs> because I promise to uh, to stay in touch and keep you guys involved. And uh, I was super excited when I saw that we were able to do this again, you know, as quickly. I didn't think it would be able to turn around so quickly. So thank you for making the time to have me on again and for letting me share this part of my story because it's just as, it's just as important to me, if not more so, uh, the journey and what I've learned before but where I'm going now and what I'm doing now is really what what's uh, you know fueling my passion. So thank you for giving me the chance to come back and kind of talk about that. Really appreciate it. Well, before we sign off, let uh, our listeners know if they didn't listen to the first one how they can find you, follow you, keep up with you, and everything like that. What you're up to? Yeah, all social media channels, guys. So Instagram at Ammon Carver. That's A M M O N C A R V E R. Um, Ammon like salmon, but just take out that L. Uh, uh, and then, <laughs> and then uh, Facebook, same thing. Ammon Carver, no bells and whistles. It's nice when you have a, a unique name because you don't have to do any like numbers and asterisks. I'm just the only Ammon Carver that exists out there. So, Facebook, um, Instagram, and you guys can find it and see what I'm up to. That's awesome. And real quick before uh, before the official. So what's the name of the show that you do on Facebook? Because that was the first time I had heard about it. So I'm definitely going to be stalking what you're up to. What's the name of the show? It's, it's called Unveiling Beauty. Uh-huh. Uh, it airs every Monday night. So there'll be an episode that airs tonight. It live streams on my Facebook page and then also on Ulta Beauty's YouTube page. So if you or anybody listening wants to go back and watch the previous 70 episodes we have them all cataloged in that one place so you can watch it live 6 p.m central tonight um the episode tonight it goes like i said it's all things beauty um so tonight is about it's an episode that's about skin like about like you know winter weather and how to take care of your skin um during the winter months um i think believe the next episode is going to be about men's grooming we have uh, maddie conrad coming on talking to us about men's grooming and uh um so yeah monday night we do it there and then on tuesday we do what we call after the show which is essentially like an instagram live where we go on and talk about the highlights of the show allow people to ask questions that they may have had also during the show and then we do like a a giveaway for those who who engage so we uh you know whatever topic it was let's say for example it is men's grooming then uh, we'll announce a winner that we'll send like a cool little men's grooming package too. So Monday and Tuesday night, every week. Awesome. 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 And then once again, thank you very much. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, thank you for joining us on your day off. I got it. Thanks so much. Please do me. 
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>